Welcome to the Inside Tech podcast. Today uh, we have a guest, Francesco Valle. He is an expert in the hydrogen. And we are talking about the hydrogen technology and fuel cells regarding e-mobility today, as that has been a little bit overrun in the media, probably by the battery technology and large growth in that side of the market. Francesco, you can uh, introduce yourself shortly. Hello, good morning, Kari. Thank you for, for inviting me to this uh, podcast. So I'm uh, a consultant in uh, the domain of fuel cells and, uh, and hydrogen. There's a lot of discussion uh, when it comes to hydrogen and uh, versus batteries. There's often like, a, let's say, the debate going on. A lot of different arguments. The one is, of course, what is driving the change from the fossil fuels to the electric and uh, hydrogen powered mobility is that uh, environmental questions and then there's a lot of discussion always that is the actually the hydrogen's environmental impact better or worse than the battery electric cars what is your take on that so i think that first of all is very very important to define the the context and the requirements because we are talking about two two technologies that for some aspects they're very similar because there are basically two different ways to store energy because this is what we actually are, we are talking about and uh, but at the same time they have also um, some very different characteristics that can have huge impact uh, depending on the application so there was a lot of uh, talking in the, in the last uh, couple of years about efficiency comparing for example the efficiency between fuel cells and batteries and uh, and there are considerations that sometimes are, are 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 true but what is important and sometimes is missing is the context and also by keeping in mind the, the specific requirements that we have for a specific application. So in general, the common understanding that we have at the moment is that for certain applications, battery technology is the, is the best option for others is, a, is a hydrogen and fuel cells. And there are even some applications where we are in between, for example, in the car industry, for for cars, we there are uh, there are certain type of cars, certain type of engines where it's better to use uh, uh, hydrogen for others batteries, but also it depends a lot on how people would use the car. So at the end, the, the, the final user will make a choice depending also uh, his uh, his needs. So in the case of the car uh, as a type of product, we are in a in a in a domain where we are a bit in, in interface both technologies can have some some advantages but at the same time there are other applications where it's quite uh, it's quite understood that uh, which of the two is uh, is better yeah that, that was like a good point that you mentioned like that it's basically both are just ways of storing the and transporting basically the energy either battery or hydrogen and it was actually the recovered recently article about the hydrogen and Hydrogen also, depending on how it is produced, there was a classification, was it uh, Rika Gray? Yes, correct. This oh, yeah. uh, color classification. There are these uh, gray hydrogen, blue, and also the green hydrogen, which people also call call it uh, the clean hydrogen. Uh, maybe Francesco can expand a little bit more on this. Like, So what are the differences between uh, these three of type of hydrogen so there are different type of hydrogen as you say depending how they are how they are produced i heard recently also some people calling also white hydrogen if it's uh, produced directly from from solar in general uh, what we what we aim is to use in the future only 
green hydrogen or eventually this white hydrogen but what is more uh, more discussed is the the green hydrogen so hydrogen that is uh, produced by renewable sources then you can have other type of hydrogen that they can be produced using fossil fuels but this is uh, just uh, to be considered as a um, a temporary solution and uh, only for a period of transition so all uh, the discussion i think should be focused on uh, on the use of of green hydrogen if not uh, otherwise it not it doesn't make uh, uh, make sense uh, the, the 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 use of a fuel cell system for uh, for for zero emission uh, applications yeah. As far as I know, the, we have very little production of green hydrogen nowadays, in today's time, compared to uh, grey hydrogen. I think, if I'm not mistaken, uh, uh, we have around like 90% of the hydrogen that we produce today is the grey hydrogen, and only very little portion uh, is the green hydrogen. But of course, then we expect them to change in the future. Yeah, this is true. This is true. At the moment, uh, majority of hydrogen is grey hydrogen, so produced by by fossil fuels, because hydrogen is a is an element that is already is already used in our society. So there are already several products that they use uh, hydrogen, like uh, production of ammonia, rocket fuel, methanol, uh, but also I don't know uh, lubricants, cosmetics, uh, also fertilizers. They use hydrogen in, in food industry as well. So it's a product that is already present on the market, and until now, it's been uh, produced mainly uh, using uh, using fossil fuels. But if we switch to a context of uh, uh, decarbonization, um, we need to to use the, the the key feature of hydrogen that is uh, the is capacity to store energy in a chemical form, in uh, uh, in a way that is uh, zero emissions. So uh, that is uh, mainly used for uh, for to have a good fit with the uh, production of energy in uh, a renewable ma manner. So mm, the, the the system to the, the hydrogen economy to put in place is a is a quite complex system that sees on one side the, the green production of energy and on the other also the the storage of this energy. To, in order to be used when uh, when is uh, when is required, this is a complex system, and uh, and the big problem was the and it is today the the scale up of the system. So on one side there is the uh, the scale up of the um, green energy production with renewables, and this is already a process that takes some time, but at the same time as we saw already in the first uh, in the first decades with the uh, with the increase of uh, uh, energy production from solar for example there was a significant unbalancing of the network and that is a that is a problem because uh, uh, as we know uh, renewable energies all of them they are intermittent so the alternative sometimes we have them sometimes not so storage is a, is a key factor so at the same time we need to to make growing the the production of uh, of energy green energy on one side and on the other the way to handle it and one key element is also the the hydrogen for for storing it so the the reason why to to answer to your question why today we don't have a big production of uh, green hydrogen is that is a is a process that needs to to uh, to scale up so we need on one side production of energy so this is already happening 
and uh, uh, a way to produce hydrogen, for example, with uh, with electrolyzers. That is something also that is uh, uh, that is uh, that is starting in this uh, in these last years, in a, at a significant level at least. Yeah, and yeah, uh, you something like talked about this kind of the regarding immobility hydrogen use. It depends on the context, like uh, use cases, where it is the best possible to use the fuel cell technology, where the battery is. And when thinking like I remember it's several years ago, I remember some car manufacturers already brought first kind of models, which would be hydrogen fuel cell powered models of the cars. But currently, like the battery vehicles are basically dominating the market. Which one do you think is in the everyday use for the people's their own cars? Which one is more useful, like in your opinion, the hydrogen fuel cell or the battery or how do you see it? So first of all, is in, I think it's important to make clear that they are both electric vehicles because uh, electric vehicles is a vehicle that uses an electric motor for its propulsion. And uh, so both types are, are also defined as battery electric vehicles and fuel cell electric vehicles. So we are talking about um, same time of vehicle, but the difference is how, how energy is stored within the vehicle. So there are different, uh, different ways. And as I was saying before, there are also some uh, significant significant differences between the two that has uh, significant impacts on the functionality and the user experience. So first of all, as uh, when we want to choose the, the uh, a specific energy storage system, what is important is to consider which are the requirements. So depending on the specific requirements, we can switch between one technology or, or the other. So in the case of uh, uh, transport, because of course, for different applications, there are different requirements. And even within transport, we have many different sub applications. But in general, in transport, the, 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 the key requirements are the cost, then the weight and the volume of the system, the, the capacity and efficiency that basically in, in terms of tra transporting translated in, uh, in driving range. Then another very important parameter is the charging time. And uh, other more generic that in general are applied in all uh, in all applications are durability and uh, safety. So those are, uh, are are the main uh, the main requirements that we need to take into account. Of course, some of them are more important or less important depending on uh, on the specific uh, uh, specific applications. So, for example, uh, one uh, uh, basic rule that we should take into account is that uh, when we need to store a lot of energy, in general, so it's not always true, but in general, it's better to, to use hydrogen solutions, an hydrogen system with a fuel cell. When we need less energy, it's better to use a battery. The main reason of that is that the, uh, the battery system is much simpler. So it's focused mainly on one component, that is the battery. In the case of an hydrogen system, it's a bit more complex because we have more components. So we have uh, the hydrogen itself, where actually the energy is stored, but then we have other uh, components, like main one, a part of the hydrogen storage is the fuel cell. So the, the component that is uh, transforming the energy from hydrogen to electricity and also some other uh, auxiliaries, balance of plant in the, in the system. So since the system is more complicated, there are more elements, it means also that it occupies bigger volume and more space, but that's depending on the size. Because if we want, if we have, for example, two 
uh, electric vehicles, one battery electric vehicle and one uh, fuel cell electric vehicle, if we want to double the range, for example, we need to double uh, the amount of energy that is stored in the two vehicles. So in the case of the uh, battery electric vehicle, we need to double the battery. In the case of uh, a fuel cell electric vehicle, we don't need to, to double the entire system. We just need to double the, uh, the, the tanks, so the amount of hydrogen that is stored. So by thinking in this way, it becomes clear that if we start to increase more and more uh, energy that is stored in the, in the two systems, in the first case, we will have a battery that will become very, very big and heavy. In the case of, uh, uh, of a fuel cell system, then uh, we will have some advantages because the complexity and the size of the system will have a minor role when we, when we have a lot of hydrogen uh, stored and a lot of energy stored. So in general, for example, for a more uh, small car to use in the city, there is no doubt that, uh, that is better to use, uh, to use a battery for that. Uh, in the case of uh, heavy duty vehicles, when we need to, to, to store a lot of energy, if we would use a battery for that, even in terms of efficiency, we need to consider that we need, we need to transport around a big battery. So that is also a big limitation in terms of, uh, of, of payload in case of, uh, of a truck, for example. So that is very important to consider case by case. And in particular, the, uh, the, 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 the size of the vehicle and the amount of energy that we need. So in, in particular, the autonomy of, uh, of the vehicle. Then another aspect that is very important is also the recharging time. So for certain application is very important, for example, for the total cost of ownership of trucks, just an example, or, or other application of buses that uh, they, they, they need to, ref to refuel in a um, short time. Uh, that is, can be a very important requirement. If I use my small car to go to the office that is just a few kilometers away and I can charge my car at the, at the office, in general, it's much better to use a battery electric vehicle. But for example, if we are a large family and uh, we can afford only one car and we want also to have uh, long trips, maybe in that case, I can also think about an hydrogen car because I cannot afford two cars. And uh, with the same car, I can do both going to the office and, uh, uh, and a long trip. Uh, without losing too much time uh, refueling. Yeah. So to sum up, uh, is basically uh, very linked to uh, to specific use that we do. Yeah, that, yeah, that uh, yeah, your good examples very much the, explains how. Like I've noticed also when I look the industry and what is happening, and I see that a lot of companies put effort exactly in the heavier commercial vehicles to the fuel cell rather than in the small city cars, private cars. But yeah, the. Uh, Open up for me also, like why it is so that the potential is seen in the heavier vehicles. And, and I would say the one thing probably there is like that. Uh, I think Rika had some statistics also on this, like when it comes to charging time, also the infrastructure, like uh, electric charging infrastructure in the world is uh, quite much larger than the hydrogen refueling networks at the moment, right? Yeah, that's yes. true. I guess the, uh, this infrastructure is uh, one of the reasons why it's quite difficult for a hydrogen car or fuel cell electric vehicles to uh, take off in the mainstream market, at least uh, for now and at least also in Europe. Uh, from the IEA latest data, which is uh, International Energy Association, right now globally we have well over 1 million charging stations and uh, when we count the charging points, we have uh, about 2.7 million 
charging points because there are usually two or more charging points in one station. And uh, I have this data from uh, TUV Sud. Uh, they did uh, the audit for a uh, hydrogen refuel stations in the world. And globally, we have 800, 400, 814 stations by the end of 2022. So it's a comparison between uh, well over 1 million charging stations versus 800 something refueling stations for hydrogen. Yeah, Erika, this is this is true. Indeed, there is a unproportionate gap between the the, the, the possibility for uh, for a customer to to refuel a battery electric vehicle or a fuel cell electric vehicle, and uh, this is the reason of that. There, there is a there are multiple factors. So first of all, the uh, battery electric vehicles are more mature technology, and also the way to to recharge it. Uh, then uh, the market in general is more is more uh, developed, and also because it is uh, uh, it is uh, easier for a first first scale up. For example, I see also where I live in my quarter. I see uh, people that they can uh, start recharging in their homes, even in in, in the city, uh, electric vehicles just by uh, connecting a plug from their their homes. So in that case, there is even no need to have a a recharging station. Uh, in the case of for to refueling a car with hydrogen is more complicated. So it's not possible to do directly at home unless uh, you have a, a specific facility and uh, the recharging points are very limited. And there was always the problem, this chicken and egg problem to uh, which who, who should start first. So people is not buying uh, fuel cell electric vehicles because there are no uh, recharging station, but at the same time, companies, they don't invest in that because uh, uh, there are not enough uh, uh, vehicles around. So this is something that, of course, uh, will take a bit more time to, to scale up. And uh, but if we look at uh, in a future configuration, uh, we need to to, to consider um, also a system that will be uh, it will be quite complex. So it will be not so easy to charge a, a, a vehicle uh, in the same way we do today when there are a few uh, electric vehicles to charge in the future when there will be uh, thousands and millions of, uh, of, of vehicles to, to charge. So also the, the infrastructure of the electrical infrastructure should be updated and, uh, and also the, the organization within uh, villages, within cities uh, should be completely different than what we have uh, today. So just imagine uh, not just few cars as we see today, but that everyone will have uh, uh, an electric car. And uh, the same, of course, it's, it's valid also for, for hydrogen. In that case, there will be some advantages uh, because uh, mainly related to the fact that the refueling time will be much shorter. So at the moment, if you compare to what is happening today, sometimes you see uh, queues in uh, at the refueling station and uh, the recharging time of current vehicles is around five minutes so it's very similar to what uh, will be with the fuel cell electric vehicles in the case of uh, battery electric vehicles the recharging time is much longer so this uh, could cause some uh, some some problems in the future yeah yeah i have a question actually that uh, you say yeah. hydrogen like refueling or charging how do we call it takes about five minutes current vehicles. How much is in terms of range? Because I'm driving electric vehicle. I'm always thinking like time, how many kilometers I can get in a certain time when I stop for charging. So in general, you can consider around 50% more 
of, uh, of range with a fuel cell electric vehicle. Then it depends a lot on the type of car and, uh, and how much hydrogen you, you store inside. So in a, in a car with one, uh, with one kilo of hydrogen, more or less, you can do 100 kilometers. And uh, the current uh, fuel cell electric vehicles, they can, uh, they can store around five, six, they can go up to six uh, uh, kilograms of uh, hydrogen. There was a record, of course, record is not uh, uh, what is happening uh, in daily lives, but with a uh, fuel cell Mirai, they managed to, to, to run it for uh, 1,000 kilometers. But of course, it was, it was a record, so I think they, they were driving very, very slowly and very attentive to the consumption. Yeah, that is already in the range, was at least very competitive to the traditional uh, ICE cars. Uh, ranges and the refueling times already yeah, it's, it's still, still lower still lower in general for normal normal yeah. driving but of course uh, is uh, is uh, higher than the one of batteries and also you have the advantage that anyway you can start with a with a with a full stand with a full tank in just five minutes about the charging stations i started thinking like currently of course if we don't look in that uh, currently electrical infrastructure has been enough to build the charging stations so investments to build the charging station for electric cars is probably lower investment than building a hydrogen station. Uh, is that assumption correct? I don't have any fact on so behind this that. Is, so this is that. correct. This is correct for uh, depending how you set up uh, hydrogen refueling station is, uh, is definitely more expensive. Uh, but it's important to consider also what I was saying before that one thing is to, uh, to build uh, one refueling station and uh, another is to have uh, 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 a different system of, uh, of energy system in the future, where there will be thousands of, uh, of, uh, of uh, refueling stations and also uh, thousands of millions of cars that they will refuel or recharge there. So that is important. Uh, this has a, a direct impact also on the, uh, on the electric network, as I was saying before. So anyway, it needs to be balanced. One advantage of having already hydrogen is that hydrogen is, uh, by its form, since it's molecule, is already a form where you can store energy. In the case of electricity, uh, you need to use it instantaneously. So if you see a bit of a, a broader picture, even in the case of, uh, of using electricity, you need a certain point to store it somewhere. So one possibility could be to store electricity in the form of hydrogen and then convert it back in electricity and refuel a car. This is also an option. Anyway, in both cases, you will need also to have a in certain time some, some, some storage capability. So in, in, uh, in the case where we will have uh, uh, only zero emission vehicles, uh, uh, probably the, the management of, uh, of recharging station, uh, the recharging in general of uh, um, electric vehicles will not be so simple. Yeah, that's definitely like even now in the big charging stations, you have theoretically quite high output, but if the station is full, they have to limit the power what cars can charge there if the, all the charging points are in the use. Exactly. As you said, it's, yeah, it's, it's easier to, to build a ref, uh, recharging station. But one, one example that I was thinking about that was a few years ago, I was in a conference in Switzerland and uh, they, they installed, a, if I'm not wrong, the first uh, um, supercharging uh, point and, uh, in a village in Switzerland. And I remember that it was in the news that uh, at the same time, two cars went to, to a charge and there was a blackout in the village. So it was 
relatively easy to set it up, but when more cars they go to uh, to recharge, then you need also to to update the the entire the entire grid. And uh, there's something uh, about current hydrogen refueling network. I had some statistics that was it half of the all the stations are located in Asia at the moment. Yeah, that's more? true. More than half in Asia. If you want to be specific, uh, they are mostly in Japan and Korea. So yeah, maybe uh, Francesco can explain why do these two countries have special interest in a fuel cell electric car? So. Even considering the recent investments in uh, in hydrogen, uh, still today Japan and South Korea are are uh, leading in uh, in uh, the the manufacturing of fuel cells. So um, it's estimated around 11 gigawatt of uh, uh, manufacturing capacity today, and more than the half uh, is coming from these two countries. So this shows that they are very developed in uh, this type of uh, products, and consequently they developed also uh, uh, the, the recharging infrastructure. Now also China is starting to to catch up, and Europe as well. Uh, in particular, in uh, in Germany, if you if you see the amount of uh, uh, refueling stations in Germany, it starts to be quite significant compared to to other European countries. So there are already plans also in, uh, in in Europe to to scale up. I understood, or I think I read something well, some time back already that the European Union is also pushing the countries to build the hydrogen refueling network. Was there something that kind of that there would be a goal to have the much better network in the future? Yes, this is fundament, fundamental for uh, for um, starting and scale up also the all the, the economy. So people will start buying this type of vehicles and so on. But what will be very important is also for the uh, the use uh, in, in the field of uh, tracking for, for, for trucks and buses. So this is something that uh, is considered uh, pri- priority at the moment. So all uh, heavy duty vehicles are, are considered, the hydrogen is considered the, the, the best technology for the decarbonization of this sector. And uh, for that is important to have a refueling station. So that is the, the first reason at the moment. Then, of course, when there will be a good network or refueling stations, then uh, more people, uh, I suppose, will be also considering to, to get a, a fuel cell electric vehicle. I read a study by McKinsey. So the study suggests that by uh, 2035, Europe will have more than 800,000 hydrogen fueled medium and heavy duty trucks. So uh, with this number of trucks, we will require up to uh, 5,000 hydrogen refueling stations in Europe. Do you think it's a feasible number, especially when we have around, I guess, less than 300 hydrogen stations in Europe, right? Yes, it's a, it's a good observation. Is There is a big, uh, big gap between uh, what is uh, the plan and what, is, uh, what we, are, we are at the moment. So it's very ambitious. I suppose that is something that is feasible, but I don't have very detailed data to say if it is a, if it is something feasible or not. I suppose if they 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 set this target, that is something that uh, that is feasible. Is that the, actually is the refueling network and distribution of the hydrogen, or is there something else? What is currently the biggest kind of obstacle for the fuel cell vehicles to start growing fast in the roads? What about pricing? I know that fuel cell cars and also trucks are more expensive than ICE and also more expensive than a battery electric car. So that's another reason. It's another consideration why people uh, don't choose hydrogen fuel cell compared to battery electric. Yes. So the cost uh, is one of the requirements that I was mentioning before. 
uh, of course, is a very important requirement, but is one of the requirements. So in certain applications and in certain uh, user cases, is not uh, necessarily the most the most important. So sometimes if we need to, to perform a certain task, uh, sometimes it's more expensive. But in general, the main uh, reason why we have uh, higher costs is uh, the, the cost of the vehicle, but also the cost of, uh, of hydrogen. So uh, the cost of the vehicle, we already talked before that the um, battery electric vehicles are more mature technology. There are also, there is a, you know, a different scale of manufacturing and, uh, and that is uh, justifying uh, the price of the vehicle. Then uh, regarding the fuel, uh, especially if we consider uh, green hydrogen, uh, green hydrogen is produced from electricity. So there is an additional uh, step of conversion and that is the reason why it's more, more expensive. This is in general, because uh, a big advantage that we were talking already before is the, that hydrogen is already a form that can intrinsically store energy because it's a mo molecule. So uh, there could be also situations where hydrogen can be cheaper because uh, if the electricity is produced in uh, areas where, um, where, for example, there is a lot of sun and the electricity is very cheap, Consequently, also hydrogen can be cheap and can be relatively easily transported to other locations where maybe electricity is more expensive. So um, an important uh, aspect of that is uh, a good, uh, uh, the creation of a good system for where to produce hydrogen and a good distribution. And uh, uh, most importantly, also the scale up. So those are mainly two, fa two factors for, uh, for, for the cost. And going back to the other question about the, the you know, different factors that they drive the adoption of, uh, of, uh, of, of this technology, hydrogen technology. Um, so one, one, point, one important point are uh, the, 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 the regulatory requirements. So this is something that will make uh, uh, a big difference. Uh, so for example, the, the ban for petrol and diesel cars in, uh, in European Union from 2035, this is uh, uh, this will be uh, important for uh, for the, the, the change of the market. Another important factor is the funding. We were already mentioning before. Uh, then also the, uh, the the request from from people. So demand for 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 greener transportation. This is something also that uh, that is having an impact. And um, and of course, as I was saying before, it really yeah, it's, it's difficult to have very very generic statements because it really depends from uh, from from application to application. Yeah, I started thinking um, about the energy storage point of view. The batteries are quite expensive in a sense, and they use the raw materials which are scarce in a sense. And hydrogen, you can produce basically unlimited, right? Yes, this is true. Uh, in uh, for the production of hydrogen, for the production and the use of hydrogen. It depends on the type of fuel cells, but for certain fuel cells, for example, PAN fuel cells that are the, the they are leading the, the transport sector, they utilize uh, some uh, some precious materials as well. The advantage, as you mentioned, is that they can uh, they can uh, produce electricity continuously, but they have uh, a certain lifetime. So at the end of the lifetime, we will need to to dispose these uh, these uh, devices. And, uh, and then uh, there are similar considerations that we can have also with batteries. So in both cases, uh, uh, it would be very important to set up uh, a good uh, recycling 
strategy uh, and uh, apparently is uh, to be possible in uh, both for for uh, batteries then uh, and uh, and uh, and fuel cells in the energy storage wise like you mentioned that the hydrogen the best would be that it can be produced in the areas where there's a lot of solar power or let's say the wind power usable to keep it green <coughs> green and cheaper and then it needs a, actually quite huge capacity to store the energy uh, in a sense it sounds like that in that case for example the hydrogen is smarter choice than to use the batteries to store the extra wind energy for example in the long term yes if we see a, a bit wider scale uh, in terms of uh, large energy uh, energy generation then it's important to 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 think together about generation and uh, and storage because uh, what we need to do in the future if we want to to utilize 100% of uh, uh, renewable energy green energy we will need to uh, harvest this uh, energy in specific locations and specific times so we will need to be flexible we will need to adapt to what what is offered by 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 nature where we have sun where we have wind and and, uh, and so on so to uh, to compensate this flexibility hydrogen can could help a lot because otherwise uh, it would not be possible to use directly the 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 electricity that is produced and uh, sometimes is a, a system just based uh, on electric network uh, in some situations is not uh, is not flexible uh, flexible enough uh, yeah, the battery technology has been taking a huge leap forward now that uh, the vehicles are getting more and more common. And as I remember when I studied, uh, I'm also like energy technology engineer myself from the background. I remember the hydrogen, the big challenge in the storage is the technology was that you have to store it in a high pressure, low temperatures, and it's small molecules. So the material has to be very dense that it doesn't escape. Has there in the storing uh, in the hydrogen, has there been a development? Yes. So there has been, if we are talking about storage, there are different, uh, again, different applications that they require different type of uh, storage. One of the most critical is the, again, the automotive industry, because in automotive industry, we have everything fit in a, in a very short, in a very small volume. The weight is also an important factor, safety. And uh, so it, it was necessary to develop some some storage that will not weigh too much, will not uh, take too much volume and also at the limited cost. So this is a, a challenge already today. There has been a lot of development there. And, uh, and one criticality for that is that uh, hydrogen is a very light molecule. So at atmospheric pressure, it, uh, it has a very, very big volume. So in order to store significant amount of energy in a, uh, in a limited space, we need to compress it at quite high pressures, we are talking about uh, uh, 700 bars. This is a standard for the high pressure tanks. So that uh, for that we need uh, some specific tanks that are carbon reinforced. And now we are we have some technologies that we can make it uh, in a in a safe way, and we can uh, store a significant amount of energy. Of course, it's still a critical a critical aspect, and there are also some uh, alternative uh, technologies for that. Another one you, you mentioned also uh, about the use of temperature. So if we decrease significantly the, the, the temperature, we are able to liquefy hydrogen, but you are talking to extremely low temperatures. So it's, it's also difficult to keep these temperatures, but in that way, 
we can do we can store energy without uh, hydrogen without creating too high very high pressures so this is an alternative that is used uh, there are some companies that are that are investing a lot currently in this technology especially for for trucks so an alternative an alternative to uh, to have uh, big tanks with a high pressure pressurized hydrogen is to have uh, to have uh, liquefied uh, hydrogen and that is one um, one um, solution that could be quite interesting also in the in the field of aviation for uh, for short haul aviation yeah it sounds uh, very uh, interesting to hear from you about the hydrogen situation and i think next 5 10 years in terms of the decarbonization of the mobility and so on society it will be very interesting to follow how the hydrogen will come up also as it sounds it's already coming up it's just waiting the infrastructure and kind of the users to start growing in the right speed yeah there are any other recent development of the fuel cell technology that we you that you can share with us other than this uh storage development that uh we've been talking before yes so in general i can maybe say a few words about uh pan fuel cells it is the 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 the, the type of fuel cells where i have more uh, most of experience they are also the the most mature and most widely widely used type of fuel cells and uh, because of their high power density and uh, and low operative temperature so they are very very versatile and this is also why they are used in uh, in the transport sector so in um, there has been a lot of research and development in the last decades uh, to to improve the materials uh main objective was to increase performance reduce cost and uh, extend the lifetime so those are the three uh, the three ob- main objectives of this uh, these developments uh this is uh, uh, some development that is still ongoing and is still uh, needed main uh, uh, components that are that are critical are uh, in terms of materials are the catalysts as as we we, we were talking already before also the polymeric membranes now there is a, a, a recent proposal for a ban of uh, the materials that are currently used for the membranes in uh, in pen fuel cells uh, psfa uh, is called this this type of materials this uh, category and uh, if this will uh, uh, become low uh, it will be necessary to, to to adapt the technology and to find alternatives to current materials so this is something that is already is still uh, a hot topic today in the last years there was more attention uh, on the manufacturing processes because we are in a stage where more and more companies they moved to uh, small scale production to uh, to large scale uh, production so there there was a lot of attention on how to improve the processes and how to make uh, um to, to produce the, the different components with high speed and, and the low cost and um in today these these uh, topics are still uh, are focus of the uh, of the current development but at the same time there is also an increased interest in uh, operational strategies so basically how we use these devices within a complex system so as we were talking before we have a, a, a system where we need to introduce these these devices that has variable inputs variable outputs if we talk about uh, the the users that they need uh, energy in certain 
specific times and also the, the, the input from renewable sources that is not controllable as it was before with, uh, with fossil fuels. Then we have also different primary energy sources, very different applications as we, we said before. And uh, um, coming back also to battery electric vehicles or battery in general, also there will be the future, the coexistence of different uh, technological solutions. So in this context, it's particularly important to, uh, to find the, the best, the optimum way to utilize these, uh, these devices, depending on the specific context. So this is something that uh, uh, is, a, is a hot topic at the, at the moment. And there is a lot of uh, starting to, to 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 increase the research and development on that uh, on how we could uh, uh, we could use in the best way. Of course, there are different uh, uh, different objectives. One is uh, just operative, so to make to make it work. But also, we can uh, if we can use these uh, these devices in a smart way, we can uh, increase the durability. We can also uh, reduce the cost because uh, if we use them in a certain way. Uh, maybe we can uh, we can uh, uh, save some money in some materials, and uh, so there are many considerations just related to to the operational strategies. That uh, was very interesting discussion. I think Francesco, thank you for visiting us. It was very interesting discussion, and I, at least I learned a lot of new things about hydrogen and fuel cells. Thanks to you, it was indeed an interesting discussion. Thank you. A special offer for our listeners. We are giving you full access to statistics for 30 days by registering at statson.com with the code STATSON, spelled in uppercase S-T-A-T-Z-O-N. And thanks for listening to our podcast. Visit our website and get our Tax360 newsletters. If you enjoyed this podcast, subscribe, recommend the podcast to your colleagues, friends and family, and follow us on social media.